the ICC Imara podcast. Here at ICC Imara, we're all about connecting people to God and to each other, challenging believers to Christ-likeness, and changing the world. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this message. and welcome to yet another beautiful Sunday. Yes, indeed, the Lord reigns and we will continue to worship him and to glorify and honor him for indeed he is our God. I thank God that he has kept me well to be able to connect with you this morning. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you are there and you're able to connect with us. Uh, Thank you very much for always connecting with us every Sunday morning. Last Sunday, as we continue with, uh, uh, with our series, uh, 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 Spiritual Depression, and today we are looking at the crisis of faith. Last Sunday, we talked about the dark night of the soul. And we said that this is when our souls sense the absence of God or when we feel like God has abandoned us. We agreed that no one should go through this alone. For indeed, help is available. God is there for us. He is there available for us to call on him in moments of crisis. And brethren are there to walk with us, but we must make ourselves available. We now know that spiritual depression is real. We know it is acute. We know that it is not anything that we can ignore. But God is there and he is willing to walk with us in our time of crisis. The enemy Satan takes advantage of these moments to crush our souls completely if we are not careful, if we are not alert to seek for help. And we said that we must not allow ourselves to become the prey of, uh, of the enemy. So we need, therefore, to build our faith continually, even in those moments of doubt. We do this uh, through prayer, through reading the word of God, through uh, uh, fellowship of believers. And uh, we, we know that when we do these things, God is going to walk with us. So today we look at the crisis of faith. Um, and uh, I'll begin by asking you a question, which I know perhaps uh, you may have considered. Have you ever seriously questioned whether what you believe or what you see or what you are committed to is actually true. I know that I have been in moments when I have actually asked myself, especially in in my young faith, and I would wrestle with 
the, the questions that come, especially when you go through crisis, where is God? And you start asking yourself, is it true what I believe? It is true what I follow. Is it true that God is there and available for me? And these are moments that our faith can get into a time of crisis when you are not sure, am I doing you know, the right thing? And the enemy himself then takes advantage and starts showing you things that will cause you to be doubtful about your faith. And you can very easily enter into a faith crisis. Psychologists now are accepting that faith is a key element of healing during a time of crisis. That when nothing else seems to be working, people turn to their faith. And they are saying from science that people of faith seem to do better when they, 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 they go back to their faith during the time of crisis. And the various researches have been done and they show that people who make more use of their religious uh, beliefs uh, positively, uh, you know, positively have better outcomes and coping methods than those who struggle with God. And this is good news for us to, to just remind us that there are moments that there is nothing we can do about some of the things that we go through except to turn to God, except to tell God that you are the only one who can come through for me. And, uh, you know, science now is starting to, to, to accept that those who have got uh, God on their side, those who have faith, those who can call on God even when all seems to be lost, have greater chances of recovery or handling their issues in a better way than those who feel helpless. And uh, I want us to look at a story that is recorded in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 to 30. And I want us to see this situation where the people of Judah were invaded by the Moabites and uh, the Ammonites and the armies that were coming to them were so huge, so experienced and with better ammunition that they were in a time of crisis. And they knew there is no way we can put up against this. And during that time of desperation, the king then, Jehoshaphat, rises and remembers that uh, it is only God who can come through for us. So Jehoshaphat gets uh, the people and turns their hope to God when they are desperate. I pray that we, we would have kings like those today. Presidents like those who would admit when times are tough and there is no solution on issues, who would rally people back to God? Pastors who would rally people back to God. Bishops who would rally people back to God. Leaders who would tell people, you know, we do not have a solution to this. Admit and ask God to come through and help us. And this is what Jehoshaphat does. And in this scripture, we will not read all of it, but we will read portions of it. But I encourage you to, to read the whole story. We will see how amazingly God shows up. And uh, in verse 3 to 4, 
This is the cry of Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. And the Bible says, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. They were coming to God because they knew that there is no way they can contend against the armies. And the king realizes this and he tells them there is one more thing that we can do. We can turn to our God. Why is it that Jehoshaphat remembered God? Why did he rally uh, the people towards seeking God? He had history and he knew what God had done in the past. They were currently being faced with this invasion and they could not win. But they knew if God was on their side, it is possible because God had done it in the past. And Jehoshaphat prayed and he cried to God on behalf of, uh, of the people. And we see this prayer from verse 5 to 12. And I would like us to, to, to read through this prayer. And um, verse 5 uh, to 12 of Second Chronicles chapter 20. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard. And he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God. Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and we will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, from Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of possession you gave us as an inheritance? Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hallelujah. Our eyes are on you when we are faced with a battle that we cannot be able to win, when we are faced with a pandemic, when we are faced by an economic crisis that we do not know what to do. Turning to God like Jehoshaphat rallied the people of Judah and they turned to God and they started to seek him. And I see several ingredients in this prayer. Number one, Jehoshaphat committed the situation to God, believing and acknowledging that only God could save the nation. And we need to get to a place like that. 
as a family leader. You need to come to that position where you can rally your family to seek God. We need leaders who are able to acknowledge that only God can be able to help in certain situations. Leaders of nations, wise leaders who call nations to prayer. You, we can see Jehoshaphat not only called for prayer, he called for prayer and fasting. Secondly, I see an ingredient in this prayer is that he sought God's favor because the people of Judah were God's people. And when we are believers, God will always give us favor. And it is good to remind him, here are your people. Here we are as a family. Here we are as a nation. We believe in you. You are our God. Would you come through for us during our time of crisis? And number three, we, he acknowledged God's sovereignty over the situation. And there are many situations, friends. There are many situations that are beyond us. They may look uh, small to some, but uh, to others uh, they are big because we don't have a solution. And I want to tell you, quit uh, looking for money and for connected people. Quit looking for, for, for things you think are going to, to bring a solution to it. Turn to God and acknowledge that he is sovereign over the situation that you are facing. And number four, I see in this prayer, he praised God's glory and took comfort in his promises. He remembered that uh, he, uh, God had spoken to to their forefathers. He had promised this land to Abraham and the generations. And he knew that God is a promise keeper and he is going to honor the promise that he had given. You started that business. You dedicated it to God. You called God. That job that you have lost or, or you have been uh, sent on, on, on unpaid leave. You prayed about it and God came through for it. There is no way that God God is going to abandon you. You must go back and remind God, I called on you when I started this business. And I know even this crisis that I am going through, you are in there. You prayed for that child. You dedicated that child who is giving you a hard time. You, are the, uh, you, you called God uh, when, uh, when you built your home and now you are threatened uh, uh, you know, by repossession or whatever it is. Remind God that this is a project jointly done by you and me and uh, praise him and uh, take the comfort of knowing that he is a promise keeper. And the last thing we see in this prayer is that Jehoshaphat professed complete dependence on God, not on himself as the king for the deliverance of the people, but he he got together with the people and he prayed a prayer saying, we need your help. He did not, uh, you know, elevate himself as the king and he surrendered himself for God to, to come through. You know, friends, when we are weary, we ought to remember what God has done in the past and believe that even today, he is able to do it again, again, and again in your situation. He has come through before for you, and he is going to come into your situation, and he is going to help you through it. You know, we enter into a faith crisis when we doubt God's ability to deliver us. 
when we start doubting, and this answers the questions that I asked in the beginning. You know, there are times that doubts come into our hearts, and when that happens, Doubt brings confusion. It brings a faith crisis where we are not sure to believe in God or to believe with other, you know, to other voices that are speaking to us and giving us other solution, uh, solutions other than listening to God. The sons of Korah remembered the, the, the conquest of Canaan when God gave the land to Israel. And uh, in Psalm chapter 44, in the first verse we read, We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what you did in their days, in the days long ago. And what they were remembering is that if God did it for our fathers, if God has done it for others, he is able to do it for us today. If God has helped other people who have been in other crises and we read testimonies upon testimonies of what God has done, why would he abandon you? You know, when we are in crisis, we can have... Uh, you know, the, the, the same confidence and call on God who never disappoints. Our faith crisis is deepened by our struggle when we try to do things on our own, on our own effort. And we must quit trying to do it by ourselves. There are moments where you cannot help yourself. And I want to encourage you this morning that you must quit trying to do it with your own effort, with your own strength, with your own ability. When we are faced with situations we can do nothing about, we may even have money, but the situation that is facing us cannot be sorted by, by, by money. And we enter into a faith crisis mode when we are struggling trying to do what only God can do. If Jehoshaphat had tried to face this army without calling on God, he would have completely put the nation into a place of total destruction. But he knew he had the wisdom of calling on God and telling him, would you come through for us? The sons of Korah, Psalms 44, 6 to 7. Said, I do not trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory, but you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. Hallelujah. Because God knows our limit and he knows that we cannot do many things. And he contends with our enemies and he puts them to shame. This is what Jehoshaphat understood. There are situations that are larger than our bank accounts. There are situations that are bigger than our names and the initials behind them. There are situations that are bigger than our possessions and family connections. There are situations that are bigger than our education. That There are situations that we cannot be able to sort out even with the help of all the, the, the help that we can marshal together. Only God, only God can come through, brethren. And when we, we realize this, we will understand and we will have the wisdom of Jehoshaphat to call on God to lead our families, to call on God and to work together with him. And you know, sometimes we will feel defeated, yes, despite our faith. 
Yes, there are times uh, even when we exercise faith, we it appears as if we are losing. Because in our understanding, there are ways that we want things to, to, to end up or to be sorted out. But God seems uh, to be silent. God seems to take us on a tangent. God seems to have different ideas. And he is not doing things in the manner that we expect. Last Sunday, we talked about when God shows up. And sometimes he will show up in, in a manner that we do not expect. And when we are waiting on him here, he is coming with a silent voice. When we want him to come in the earthquake and shaking the earth and shaking our enemies and bringing them onto their knees. And God sometimes even seems to take longer than we expect. But let me tell you, brethren, when we trust God, when we know that he is able to do it, he will do it in his own way and in his own times. When you feel defeated, and sometimes we will feel defeated despite our faith, we need to remember, we need to remember during that time of doubt, when we enter into a faith crisis, we need to acknowledge in the, the Sons of Korah, in Psalms 44, verse 17 to 18, this is what they said. All this happened to us, though we had not forgotten you or been forced to, our, to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your paths. And this is a, a, a simple demonstration of our faith crisis because we look back and we say it, it must be something that we have done. You remember Job's friends? You know, we, we get to that place where we are asking ourselves, what is it that we have done that God has allowed this to happen to us? We must uh, realize that there are times that God will allow suffering to come to us so that we can learn from it. You know, the answer for our suffering is found in verse uh, 22. And in verse 22, they acknowledge finally and they say, Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. You know, for the sake of the glory of God, at times he will allow us to walk through suffering. Is he absent from our suffering? No. He is there. He is there. But we must learn not to enter into that crisis, but tell God, even in this, even in the fire, even in the den of lions, you are still there and you are able to quench the flames. You are able to shut the mouths of the lions and you will deliver us. Paul in Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 35 to 37. He seems to be wondering as well. And he asks, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Then he answers himself and he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah. Because he died for you on the cross. Because he conquered death. That you can be able to smile and praise God in your circumstance. Yes, the comfort may have been taken away. You may seem to, to, to have lost everything that you have. You may not even know where to begin. But like Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, you can praise God. No matter what happens, 
no matter what happens. God will stand with us and there is nothing, uh, there is nothing like Paul says that can separate us from the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, no matter where we are, we can never be lost to the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Suffering should not create a faith crisis for us to the extent that we are driven away from God. We must remain with God because that is the safest place. You might be going through persecution. You might be going through illness, a job loss or another family crisis. Maybe your business has failed. You are in a financial loss. No matter what crisis you're in, the love of God over you can never be lost. Many before us have faced a crisis like we are facing. Maybe even worse, but the Lord came through for them. And if he did as we believers, we continue to believe, we continue to face the hardships in life, but we should never fear because we know that God is on our side. Because Christ will not abandon us. And Paul said it. And he said it's impossible to be separated from Christ. His death is evidence enough of his unconquerable uh, un 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 love for us. Let us therefore not be afraid. Let us believe in God. Because he will always stand by our side. There are several promises that I want us uh, to take home with us because God resolves uh, uh, to sort out our situations according to his uh, design and objective in his plans. And sometimes he will allow us to enter into this kind of situation because he wants us to be within his will and within his plan. And I will give you several promises that God gives to us. And number one, God's aid is always promised to us. And God will help us cope with any crisis. He will deliver to us in peace and in hope and in comfort. And he will give us the strength and the stamina to withstand any challenges that uh, we are going through because he is walking with us. He will produce goodness through suffering. And uh, he is going to walk with you both in your life and in the life of those that you influence within your sphere. So God's aid is promised. He is there. And then the other thing that I want us to consider is um, we, we, must, uh, we, we, we must correct our hearts in having the right expectations. Because God has promised us everything, having the right expectations. You know, suffering is part of the Christian faith. And I think in the last two Sundays we have spoken about this. The apostles themselves were persecuted. They went through hard times. Some of them died cruel deaths. Yet they did not stop laboring for the cause of Christ and preaching the gospel. They were imprisoned. They were killed and some beheaded and, and put to the sword. And sometimes God will allow us to go through very, very testing times. But you know what? Everything will culminate in the glory of God. You know, God will always come through for us in our suffering. He may not elevate the distress as we expect it, 
But we must live with the right expectations. And the right expectation is that God is going to come through despite what I am going through. It is a promise of God. I will come through for you. And then the other thing that God encourages us is that we should not doubt. Do not doubt because I have promised that I will be there with you. You know, when we doubt, it creates a faith crisis. And the questions start pulling within us and, and we start, uh, you know, developing uh, wobbling feet and, and knees because we feel as though we are going to collapse. We may become reluctant to trust in God when we doubt. And this is not what God wants us to do. You know, remember, suffering is not evidence that God is untrustworthy. No. Or that he has abandoned you. No. It is inevitable that in this world that is filled with sin that we will find frustrations. In fact, Jesus spoke to his disciples in John 16 and verse 33. And he said, in this world, you are going to have many trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Friend, do not doubt. Know that it is a promise of God that he will be there with you. Another promise of God is uh, 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 that promise of God evidences truth. And the promise of God is that he will surely come to your aid. He will affirm his character, his compassion, and his competence over every situation that faces you. Because he is always present in our affairs. And he has promised us that he will never leave us. And that is a promise. And that is a fact that God will honor. Because God will surely come to your aid. No matter what, even when it looks like he is straight. The other thing that I would want to leave us with is uh, to encourage us to exercise our faith. Believe what God has revealed about himself. Though nature and the word of God, through nature and the word of God from the scriptures, we know that God is supreme. We know that he is sovereign. We know that there is nothing that can come behind our God. And by faith, we walk in harmony with him during our distressed times. You know, God is always good. But his ways are superior than our ways and his love is unfailing. And sometimes we may not understand. But I want to tell you this morning that God's love for you is unconditional. So keep the faith. Number six is walk in harmony with God. Because when you're walking in harmony with God, God has uh, provided a common good for each and every person. But for you who is righteous, those who walk in harmony with him, we gain access to the full inheritance of his promises. What a great thing that we will gain the promises of God when we walk with him faithfully. And walking with God requires to be reborn spiritually, to, to commune with him regularly and to obey his teachings consistently. You can begin your walk with God today irrespective of your past irrespective of your family background, irrespective of what people have said, you can begin this walk with God and he is going to walk with you. And finally, allow personal transformation to happen in you. Look at what you're going through and look at it as a means of transforming you. Look at it as a way God is using to change you for the better. 
if you walk with, uh, you know, in harmony with him in the midst of your affliction, in the midst of your troubles, that you would look and say, God is using this to build greater faith in me and also transforming me because he orients our lives around his plans, you know, because he wants uh, his plans to be our priorities. So he, he orients us around his, uh, his, uh, his plans, his priorities, his principles and teaching for the ultimate delight of our souls. Hallelujah. This is what God wants to do for you. It may not look like a godly thing because of the suffering, but I want to promise you that God is there with you and he is going to walk with you. As we go home, brothers and sisters, God is enough for us. As we come to conclusion, God is enough for us. But trusting in him when we are going through, you know, continuous uh, suffering, um, some of it that will look unfair and some of the suffering is very intense, we require great faith. And exercising faith means choosing to believe in God, choosing to believe whatever he tells us, choosing to believe in his word, Choosing to believe in, in what he has said he is going to do for us. We should not infer, though we are going through afflictions, that God is mean to us or that God is uncaring or that God is aloof or that God is powerless or non-existent. No, he is there when we go through this. And by faith, we walk in harmony with him. We walk in harmony with him by faith because we know that that is where our stories lies. That is where our peace is. That's where our comfort is. During the time of suffering and during those days of distress, always remember, always know that God is good, that he is superior to our situations and his life, uh, his love is unfailing. It is unconditional and he will not leave you. I want to encourage you to remain firm, to keep your faith, you know, because by faith your distress will add in Jesus' name because he times it according to his clock in his days, in, in whatever situation you're in, God is there for you holding your hands and he will not allow you to drown. May the Lord be your encouragement and strength. May you trust in him always. May you know that God is there for you. You should not enter into a faith crisis. Believe in God and he is going to set you free. I want to pray for you. You want to begin this faith relationship with God. You have been wrestling and you have been doubting and you have been thinking, will God be there for me? This is your prayer. And I want to encourage you and to urge you, would you today begin this walk with God through faith, believing in him to set you free through faith, believing that he is the creator, the almighty God who is seeking you for the forgiveness of sin, who wants to set you free. And today you can become part of the family of God. If that is you, would you pray this prayer after me? Lord Jesus. I have heard the word of God today and I believe it and I know that you care about me. 
Lord, I pray that today you may forgive my sins and write my name in the book of life. Today, I have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died to save me from the calamity of hell. And today, I am free because I have believed in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, would you let us know? And so that we can be able to help you to grow in your faith. I want to pray for all of us that are going through one crisis or another. And particularly a faith crisis where sometimes doubts come into your heart. And you wonder, where is God when I am going through this? I want to pray for us that uh, this word that God has given to us today will become a word of encouragement and strengthening us so that God can set us uh, uh, in a position where we will be comfortable and peaceful to know that he is in charge. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we commit ourselves to you. In many ways, we do not know what is happening in our lives, and sometimes the situations that are facing us are too difficult for us. We feel lost. At times, we do not know even whether to remain in the faith. And this is an honest confession that there are times we have doubted our faith. But your word today has reminded us that you are never far from us. I pray for my brothers and sisters, for all of us that are going through a faith crisis. And I pray that you encourage us and you will strengthen us to keep our faith in you, to believe in you, and to know that you are able to set us free. May your name be praised even as you help us through our situations. In Jesus' name, amen. for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. If this ministry has impacted your life, you can help us reach others by partnering with us. You can give through our website iccimara.org slash give. Be sure to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Have a great week.